0: This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things magic basketball. By fans, four fans. Go magic. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is currently 8.40 p.m., November 10th, Sunday night. If you're watching this right now live on Twitch, I will be paying attention to the the stream chat here. So if you have any questions while you're watching the show, feel free uh, to leave that there for me. I'll do my best to answer those as they come in. So a couple of housekeeping things really quickly. So this week I am riding solo dolo. Uh, My good buddy Will, he's out of town, not able to record with me this week. So just me tonight. Tonight being the the seats for soldiers event at the Amway at the Magic game, I'd be remiss not to mention that tomorrow is Veterans Day. So it's a, it's a big thing to me. I just want you know any of you know our veterans listening or you know watching or anything like that. Just tomorrow as we observe the holiday, you know just how much we appreciate you know the veterans that you know have served in the past or are currently serving and ultimate, given the ultimate sacrifice and have lost their lives defending and protecting our country and our freedom. So um, just want everyone to know how much uh, we at the 6-Minute Show appreciate all the veterans out there and hope everyone has a, a great and a safe Veterans Day. So usually the way that the show works, guys, um, usually I, I would start with uh, you know last week's game against the Mavs and then just kind of track forward as we get ready to talk about the game tonight. But I would be lying if I could say I could sit through this entire show and and focus on each of those games and talk about the positives uh, in the way that I should because right now I'm just really in a in a crappy mood after that loss tonight. So that's where we're going to start. I'm going to talk about this game. I'm going to rant about this game. So uh yeah, I, I would just be miserable this entire show. So that's where we're gonna start. I'm gonna rant uh about the Pacers game, um, and and then we'll go back and, and we'll talk about, you know, the, the Dallas game and and all the other games from this week. So Magic lose to the Indiana Pacers, one oh nine to one oh two. So the thing that is really driving me crazy right now, anybody, you know, watching this live, uh our buddy Eli, what's going on, man? Yeah, that loss did suck. Um But man, just story in this game really for me great great first half um you know we we go into the half let, let me pull up my notes here i'm just so mad about this loss that uh man i'm i'm just kind of all out of sorts here so magic go into halftime up 60 to 51 right so um First, just looking at a couple of my notes here, uh, I'm just kind of worried about what's going on with Jonathan Isaac's shoulder. Um, He's playing well, doesn't really seem to be bothering him, but every game he's wearing K tape on that shoulder, and then post game interviews, you know, we're seeing him with that ice pack on there. So I really hope that there's nothing really too um, too wrong going on there. But just I'm looking at positives that I had in my notes from the beginning of this game, and now they just kind of feel wasted. Like. Isaac had an incredible block on TJ Warren that led to Evan Fournier's second three on the night uh, early in the first half. Michael Carter-Williams, first guy off the bench, not even going to touch on that right now. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But the Magic were up 33-29 to 29 after the first quarter. Uh, lead was as high as 13 with 2 minutes and 10 seconds to go in the first half. Ended up being 63. 60- uh, to 51 at halftime the magic shot 55 in percent from the from the floor in the first half shot eight of 13 from three which was good for 61 percent right so uh so yeah so let, let's start here so ross has nine points in nine minutes of the first half uh shot four of five from the floor uh after missing the last two games uh with a with a sore knee so ends up with uh, I think 12 points comes in and hits another three uh, in that third quarter and then didn't get another legitimate touch for the rest of the night um, so Indiana starts that second half on a 12 to0 run whatever was working in that first half the ball movement you know guys cutting yes we were knocking down open shots uh, but really all of that came to a halt in that second half you've got Aaron Gordon just pounding the air out of the ball, dribbling. Uh you've also got Evan Fournier pounding the ball out, you know, out of the air, dribbling. And then guys taking, you know, iso shots or uh just threes when they really need to make that extra pass. So everything that we were doing in that first half just really ended at that point. Then the bench unit comes in and and it just continues to to fall out of whack. I mean, this bench unit of DJ Augustine, Michael Carter Williams, Mo Bamba, Al Farouk Aminu, and Terrence Ross. If the if the ball is not getting into Terrence Ross's hands and they're not scoring effectively, the the scoring for this team just comes to like an absolute complete halt, and it's 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 killing us. It's this is not the first game that this has happened. Um, Ross has missed you know the last two games, but it just seems like any time that Clifford decides to go with this all bench unit, um. We, we, just, we can't stop anybody from scoring, and, and then we can't score. So they, they continue to give up leads. Yes, the starters in that second half let Indiana come out on a 12-0 run. So, of course, that didn't help. Uh, but this, this bench unit is just, is just terrible right now. Can't score the ball. Terrence Ross you know, gets one shot attempt in that second half. Now a lot of that had to do with Indiana deciding they were, they were not going to let Terrence Ross beat them, and they are going to take him out of the game. Um but when we 're getting you know Farouq Aminu and Michael Carter Williams spot up threes that 's not ideal offensively and then you know t j McConnell and and um Mcdermott Doug McDermott come into the game you know shooting the ball really well can 't seem to close out on shooters. McConnell just gets past d j Augustine any anytime he wants. Bomba's not doing a good job of challenging you know him in the paint. Nikola Vucevic, this guy doesn't even want to put his hands up at times, it seems like. So McDermott and McConnell just absolutely torch us in that third quarter, in the early, in the early fourth quarter. Magic were outscored 30-17 to 17 in the third, trailed 77-81 to 81 after three. And the thing with this, this all-bench lineup, if you're, if you're leaving questions in the chat, I'll, I'll kind of get to those um, after I'm done with my rant here. But if you're playing Michael Carter-Williams and DJ Augustine, at the same time, you're not maximizing either one of those guys. If DJ Augustine is in at the same time as Michael Carter Williams, DJ's bringing up the ball. He's initiating the offense. Michael Carter Williams is essentially a spot up shooter, right? You put the ball in Michael Carter Williams' hands. Yes, you know, he can do some things at times, uh, but let's look at his box score from tonight. A whopping 1 of 8 from the floor, 0 of 5 from 3. That's what happens when you have Michael Carter-Williams playing as a 2 or a 3, and he's relegated to being a spot-up shooter. Clifford, it does not work. Stop it. Then, defensively, you've got DJ Augustine on McConnell, who I believe finished with 12 points, had 10 of his 12 points in the second half with Michael Carter-Williams on him. Excuse me, with DJ Augustine on him and then it's just blowing by him and hitting pull-up jumper after pull-up jumper. Or you they get put in the pick and roll and either Bamba or Vucevic is not closing out on McConnell and just letting him take these wide open, you know, 8 to 10 foot jump shots and just absolutely killed us in that third and fourth quarter. If Michael Carter-Williams is in the game, he doesn't need to to be guarding the other team's 2 or 3, he needs to be on the ball. That is what Michael Carter-Williams is elite at it's on the ball defending causing turnovers deflections all of that stuff so if you're any combination of of Markel Fultz or and DJ or DJ and Michael Carter Williams or Fultz and Michael Carter Williams just it's got to stop man and shout out to uh to Andy from the Orlando Magic podcast tonight in that post game uh with uh with Clifford asking um you know I forget exactly how he phrased the question but just asking in regards to to Markell's minutes right Markell at the moment I believe is averaging about 23 minutes per game for the season as our starting point guard at this point played 24 minutes tonight DJ Augustine played 24 minutes Michael Carter played 20 minutes Markell makes such a profound impact on both ends of the floor. In comparison to D.J. Augustine and Michael Carter Williams, where DJ. gives you offense, and, and Michael Carter Williams gives you I mean, D.J. gives you offense, Michael Carter Williams gives you defense, I mean, Fultz is obviously the complete package. We, we all know this. Nobody is getting to the rim like Markel. Cliff has said this himself, um, and then Michael Carter Williams and, and, and DJ. are taking minutes away from Markel is essentially what I'm saying. Um, it, it's just got to stop. I know apparently, you know, he's on a minutes restriction. They basically said that, um, he, he's at where he needs to be at, at this moment. Um, and, and they're going to kind of ramp up his minutes as they go on is essentially what Clifford was alluding to. Uh, but, but man, just the re- the rest of the, the, you know, substitutions, the way that he's managing rotations. I've been saying that word so many times lately, but it's, it, that's what it comes down to. I just, there, as much of this loss is on, you know, maybe the bench for not defending well in that third and fourth quarter, and as much as it's on the starters uh, for not defending at all to start the second half, it's equally on Clifford. For time and time again, he sees this bench unit out there, and these guys are drowning against other bench units. He mentioned during his post game presser tonight that an emphasis at shoot around today was the fact that Indiana's been getting great bench play. And then you still let McConnell and McDermott go off in that second half, and you know extend the lead to to nine or w- whatever the case may be before you eventually decide to bring the starters back in with seven minutes left, and they just could never get that lead back. So this this loss is as much on Clifford as it is you know any one guy on this team or any one unit on this team. I, I mean. Mark, they, they know Markell better than we do, and they know his body much better than we do, but at some point, man, at least pick between Michael Carter-Williams and DJ Augustine because those guys on the floor together, it is just not, it never works. It does not work. Can't say that enough. I don't, I don't care who it is. DJ is great. Michael Carter-Williams is great. Them together is not great. Just looking through some of the questions here uh, on Twitch. I, I'm. How big of a fan are we of Evan? I feel a lot of Magic Twitter is ready for Evan to move on. I must say, I am one of them. And then we also have another comment that says Evan needs to go. Agreed. I just don't think his game is what we need. We don't need him taking mid-range jumpers. With me, I'm, Evan is not the problem. Evan, to me, Evan is not the problem. I know he takes a lot of heat. He makes some bad decisions at times, but Evan is not the problem. Okay, Evan's not the problem. Aaron Gordon's not the problem. Right. To me, the problem is the fact that we have a coach right now that has said at least two or three times this season that he does not coach decisions, meaning decisions that guys are making on the floor. He's not going to tell you whether you need to not do that or not do this, not take that shot or take that shot. Well, that's got to end because we have a game. Uh, you know, a few nights ago where Aaron Gordon had like 21 points in the first half and all of those points were coming off of Aaron Gordon either driving to the basket, cutting to the basket, getting an open three or from the free throw line. And then tonight in that second half, like I said, the the, the ball stopped moving. It started sticking and guys were just pounding the air out of the ball like Aaron Gordon, trying to i don't I don't know what he thinks he is at this point I don't know if he thinks he's going to turn into Tracy McGrady, but there's very limited evidence of the fact that he's capable of doing that. I think we have one real example of that this year, and I think it was the second game in the preseason maybe it was against Detroit where he had like twenty five points was hitting jumpers all over the place. Aaron, you can do that once every twelve to fifteen games you have that you have the ability you can do that. But you're not at the point where you're doing that consistently enough for us to be able to rely on you doing that for an entire offensive possession. In games like this, it kills us. Same thing with Evan. Evan plays within himself, you know, dry, quick decisions to drive to the basket or to dump it off to somebody else, it's great. Once he gets into the pick and roll, and he doesn't like the first read out of the pick and roll and, and backs the ball up and tries to reinitiate the offense, that's where it kills us because then he's going to dribble the ball for 15 seconds, either force it to somebody so they have to shoot, you know, an ill-advised shot at the, at the buzzer, at the shot clock buzzer, or he's going to take one of those ill-advised shots. Do we need to make a trade to get another shooter? I don't know if, if a trade is the answer at this point. Obviously, if we want to win a title, we need better players on this team. Nobody is saying that we're a title-contending team at the moment. That's, that's, not, that's not accurate. That's, if anyone's thinking that, they're crazy. But for the, the goals that we wanted to achieve, for the most part, as a collective fan base to start this season, no, I don't think we need to make a trade. I, I really think it's pretty simple play consistently for 48 minutes the way that you're supposed to. The way that we've been defending most of the season, if we just continue to do that, eventually the offense, the shots are going to fall. We haven't been getting bad looks. But the offense, like, yes, it needs to catch up, but I, I, I don't think the offense is the problem. But just it's just frustrating when it, it seems like there are things that are very obvious and apparent that this team needs to do that at times they just completely just refuse to do all right rant over for the Pacers game maybe we'll, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about that but that was just a lot of stuff that I needed to get off my chest all right so the Magic lose uh, at home or no I'm sorry in OKC uh, to the Thunder 94 to 102 last Tuesday so yeah, really in uh, when it comes to the OKC game, in my opinion, a big part of that game was the fact that, and even even in this game now, this team has just struggled to to guard the three-point line um, for the entire season. Magic lose 102-94 uh, in this one. Just looking at the, the three-point percentage at this point, just could not put the ball in the basket whatsoever. So three of 22 from three, good for 13%, uh, and shot 39% from the field for the entire game. Uh, The Thunder shot 43%, shot 36.4% from the three-point line. We even had the free-throw advantage in this game. 27 out of 31, good for 87%. Uh, OKC shot 16 of 20, good for 80%. And in this one, it was really a whole lot of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 24 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, shot 9 of 14 from the floor. Chris Paul, 20 points, 6 of 15. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, 16 points, 6 of 17. Aaron Gordon... 15 points, 6 for 13 from the floor, Markel Fultz, 13 points, Jonathan Isaac, 13 points, 10 rebounds, Vooch, uh, 10 points, 11 rebounds, so when, when we've got, you know, Nikola Vucevic scoring 10 points, Aaron Gordon, 15, and then, I mean, just not really getting too much uh, out of anybody, OKC shot 7 of 18 from 3 in the first half. Uh, Magic trailed 53 to 58 and then the magic trailed 79 to 81 after three. So they're able to at least carve into that lead a little bit. Fultz helped the magic close the gap in the third and then sat until the five minute mark to go in the fourth quarter. Fultz checked back in at that point, right after, um, uh, right after that point, Clifford sends Isaac to the table. Instead of having both of them check in, uh, SGA hit a big three in Aminu's face. And then, uh, yeah, just the biggest thing in this one was the magic shooting from the three-point line, holding OKC to 102. Can't be mad at that whatsoever. Um, not a great offensive team, uh, but when you've got guys like SGA, Chris Paul, you know Danilo Gallinari, they're gonna score a little bit. But holding a team to 102 from the floor, I mean 102, you know 102 points. You you can't. There's no excuse for for losing games like this, and. We've had a couple of good offensive games since then, so looking at 94 points, just it was obvious that eventually the offense was going to come. We were going to start making shots, but the, you know the magic defended pretty well, just couldn't defend the three-point line. That's really what it comes down to, in a number of these losses this year. Moving on to, to Friday night, uh, or Wednesday night, excuse me uh, that's when the magic head to Dallas. Magic lost 107 to 106. Where are the rest of my notes here? There we are. All right, so the, the big story in this, for me at least, was Jonathan Isaac. So 13 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 6 blocks. was one steal away from the 5 by 5 Ugh, Man, I, I, just, I really just can't get this Pacers loss out of my head, unfortunately. So Magic led by 10 points in the first quarter. Bench came in. Magic ended up leading by uh, three after one. So no uh, surprise there. Once again, bench unit just continued to to kill us. Uh, J.J. Barea basically turned into Steph Curry in that second quarter. 11 points in three threes. Uh, and this is the game that I was talking about with A.G. Played perfectly in the first half. 21 points, 9-11 from the floor. But the magic just continued to to shoot poorly. Magic one of twelve from the three in the first half, good for eight point three percent. Magic had a nine point lead with six minutes left in the third quarter, and then ended the third quarter down by seven. Excuse me, an eleven point lead, uh, and then ended the quarter down by seven. So uh, an eighteen point swing, thanks to that bench unit. You know, just just I don't I don't even know what the right word for that is, but they're just absolutely terrible. Just. Leaking points to the to the Mavericks left and right, and I, I believe this was the yeah this was the game. Uh, Aaron Gordon in the last minute of that game, you know the Magic need a bucket. Drives to the lane, uh, what looked like an and one to a lot of people, what looked like an and one to him, gets called for an offensive foul. Right, so the Magic get the ball back. You know we're, we're coming down the floor and, and we need another basket. Right, Aaron Gordon gets the ball on the wing. Steve Clifford, you can see him running down the sideline, trying to call a timeout. But Aaron Gordon tries to go into a dribble move, extends the, I believe it was the left arm, gets called for another offensive foul right away. Right, I believe we were down by three at that point. We we're looking to tie the game. So at that point, we have no choice uh, but to foul Seth Curry. Right, So we get a godsend. Seth Curry, one of the best free throw shooters in the entire league, Misses both free throws, right? Then the the last play call for the Orlando Magic, Steve Clifford decides to call like a high, what looked like a high pick and roll uh, for DJ Augustine and Vooch. A lot of people will remember that's exactly what we ran Game One against the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference playoffs, Round One, uh, where DJ hit that three uh, over, uh, I believe it was Marcus All to win the game. We run that. Ex- what looked like the exact same play, and then um, <clears throat> DJ made the correct call. Don't get me wrong; it was either have an open, you know, lane to the basket, uh, or give the ball, you know, to Vooch. But basically, what that play resulted in was Vooch shooting a three. Obviously, miss it. We lose by one. So, questionable play call. But then again, if that shot goes in, nobody cares. It looks like a great gutsy play call by Clifford. You know, and, and the game's over. Um, once again, though, in this one, 25% from the three-point line, Dallas shot, uh, 35%. Magic, 14 steals in this game. Four of those came from Jonathan Isaac. Once again, let me talk a minute about Jonathan Isaac because, um, all this negativity, I really don't want this to get lost. Jonathan Isaac really seems like he has taken the leap. Up until tonight, has led the entire league in blocks per game at 3.1 blocks. Looking at the box score tonight, it looks like Isaac ended up with two blocks, so I don't know if that's still going to hold true after tonight, but the kid has looked like the most improved player on the Magic and just looks more and more confident every single time he steps on the floor. He can At this point, I'm convinced that he can guard anybody in the entire league. Uh, I'm not worried about um, him, you know, I'm not worried about other guys like Jaron Jackson, um, or like, a you know, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, who he just absolutely demolished the other night, not worried about really anybody coming into, uh, our, the game and just one guy killing us because I just feel like if Jonathan Isaac gets switched onto that guy, we have a fighting chance at at least slowing that guy down. Even talking about, you know, LeBron and Giannis and all of those guys, I really feel like Isaac is going to have a, a fighting chance at being able to, to slow, Um, those guys down and he he's starting to look even more confident on the offensive end as well Um, you know making good dribble moves making good decisions you know as always but the defensive part of his game is just really taken to another level we're definitely right now at this point in the season talking about him being a you know a first team you know all defensive you know nba Caliber player, um, but if he continues this level of play, he'll even be in the conversation as defensive player of the year. But it definitely helps if the Magic start putting together some wins. Last game uh, that I'm going to talk about here, it, it's a lot harder to do this when you're just by yourself. Uh, but anyways, I, I give a big shout out to uh, Philip Rossman Reich over at Locked Magic who does this basically every single day because it's not an easy thing to do. Sit here and talk to yourself about games, especially when we have a a loss like we had uh, tonight against Indiana. Just inexcusable. But whatever. So the Orlando Magic finally got the offense on track on Friday night. Magic win 118-86. to And just this Memphis team is a team that is just honestly just not very good. Um, John Morant came into this game, I think, leading all rookies and scoring it like 20 points a game. Did a great job on him. Uh, He only scored 8 points. Looks like on 3 of 13 from the floor. So can't be mad at that at all. Uh, But the Magic even started uh, to hit a few 3-pointers in this one. Uh, Still only shot 25% uh, for the game from 3, but made 7 out of 28. And Memphis shot 11 of 29 from 3, so that kind of helped them uh, keep them in the game up to a certain extent, but really uh, what happened was the Magic just turned it on in that third quarter. The bench unit got going in that third quarter, playing really well. DJ Augustine, 13 points, 5 of 11 uh, from the floor. Got 6 points from Michael Carter-Williams, 5 from Alfred Camino, 4 from Bamba, 2 for from Emil Jefferson. Uh, pretty sure that was in garbage time once this, this game was over. Uh, but really, uh, the big story in this one, again, it was Jonathan Isaac for me. 22 points, 8 rebounds, shot 9 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 3 behind the arc, 3 of 4 from the foul line, plus 23, uh, you know, raw plus minus in this in this game. I mean, you never want to take too much from a single game's uh, plus minus, but um, yeah, just... The Magic just came out and we're executing really well, both ends of the floor. Uh, 23 of 27 from the free throw line, shot 47.3% from the floor. Uh, that's good for 44 of 93. So, uh, I mean, going down the rest of the stat sheet here 10 steals, 10 blocks, 9 turnovers. So, getting stops on the defensive end, not turning the ball over, getting good shots. If this team continues to do that, this is what this team is capable of offensively. They're not going to put up you know, 118 points every night. That's just unrealistic. But we are going to stop teams from scoring. And if the Magic can get into 105, 110 points, something like that, most nights that's going to be enough to win. But to do that, the shooting has to get better. And to me, that's just a thing of getting into rhythm, knocking down open looks, but the the other thing is the the magic have to trust the pass. Clifford he he says that all the time. Once you start to to, to probe or you you make that extra dribble, that is what deflates and kills the the movement in the the flow of the offense. And in this in this one that was just not the case. Guys were getting good looks, they were knocking them down, good ball movement, uh, you know, and executing plays. They were getting good looks and they were knocking them down. That's going to be the biggest thing for this team going forward. Um but, yeah, so that's the week so far. I mean, the current state of this Magic team, I, I'm not worried. I'm i am really not worried. It's just when we have games like this, it's just so frustrating because we know how good this team can be. Even going back to, like, the Milwaukee game, you know, had a, a solid lead in that first half and then lost the lead and they just buried us because that's what a good team does. They get up on you, they step on your throat, and the game's over at that point, Right. But the, the Magic, its what's really frustrating is the fact that you know that they know what to do, how to do it, and what they need to do in order to win. But it's like at times they look that right in the face and they just say, no, I'm, we're not going to do that. We're going to start doing whatever we want again because we're knocking down some shots. And that's what it felt like tonight. The Magic got hot in that first half. I think they hit like eight threes in that first half. And then it, they just felt like, okay, we got the offense rolling tonight so we can take the night off defensively. And you do that against an NBA team, it D- doesn't matter how good they are or bad they are. These guys are NBA players, they're pros, anybody can get hot. McConnell and McDermott came out, they, the bench has been playing well for Indiana, like Clifford said, and uh, yeah, they, they took the lead, and yeah, they just they didn't look back, because when you have something that's working, you're supposed to continue that, and the Magic just don't seem to realize that. Very frustrating, but with uh, with Clifford, I mean, if Markel is on a minutes restriction, just come out and say it. Don't leave us guessing as to why you're implementing these terrible rotations for minutes and minutes and minutes at a time. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up a stat because uh, I got a, I got a pretty good uh, stat from one of our our followers on Twitter tonight. I told him I was gonna use it on the podcast. Let's look at this. All right, from my name is T. Sizzle on Twitter. Heading into tonight, Vooch is at 31.3 minutes per game, is our team leader, and he is 65th in the NBA in minutes per game. No one in the top 64 minutes per game is a Magic player. That's a problem. That is a legitimate problem. I'm going to pull up the the basketball reference stats for the Orlando Magic right now to really take take a better look at this because... It does just feel like the bench unit is just out there for way too long. And when they're just wasting leads or uh, allowing the other team's bench units to extend leads, it's becoming a major, major problem. Let's see here. It's taking me a moment to, to pull this up. But I do know for a fact that Fultz is definitely not playing a- enough minutes. I'll, just, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay, here we go. So Aaron Gordon is at 30 minutes per game. Jonathan Isaac, thirty minutes per game. Evan Fournier, just about twenty-eight minutes per game. But then you've got DJ at twenty-five, which is okay because you know he he has started the majority of the season so far. Uh, and then we've got Markell at twenty-three minutes per game. I mean, and I mean Ross is still at twenty-two minutes per game. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The fact that last season he was averaging about. 25 minutes per game. Now you know he's down a few minutes, which is going to limit his rhythm, limit his opportunities. So he's a guy that we all know needs to get going. Uh, those bench units, they're they're just focusing on Terrence Ross. That's what they're doing. They're let DJ Augustine, Michael Carter Williams, Alfred Aminu, and Mo Bamba beat us. We're not going to let Terrence Ross beat us. So my whole thing is have Terrence as that first guy in off of the bench. Have him sub out. Aaron or Evan, I don't really care. Get one of those guys some more minutes with the bench unit because uh, the bench could definitely use it, right? And uh, yeah, get Terrence better looks. Get him in more of an offensive flow. I'm gonna go and look at the the minute per game leaders right now in the NBA. I know we're gonna see guys probably like Giannis and um, you know James Harden and, and stuff like that at the top of this list, but let's see what kind of minutes a lot of the other. NBA starters are playing because I think that's going to be very telling as far as it goes for the magic. Damon Lewis at 38 minutes per game. Van Vliet at 37. McCollum at 37. Obviously, Portland relies heavily on Damon McCollum uh, to have any kind of success. So that's going to be pretty much necessary. But look, I mean, we're looking at guys, James Harden, LeBron James, 35 minutes, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 35 minutes, Luka Doncic, 34 minutes. Like your starters need to be in the game 33 to 35 minutes per game, 32 to 35 minutes per game, whatever. The only guy that's even coming close to that right now is Vooch, once again at 31 minutes per game. Cliff, at the beginning of this year, was saying that, you know, um, because of the truncated preseason, we kind of need to slowly ramp up the minutes. Get over that, man. It's that's should be over and done with four or five games ago. It's the regular season, okay? We're what? we're 3 and and 6 3 and 7 now so we're 10 games in it's over G- give these guys minutes you can't continue to let the bench just leak leads and and let the other bench units extend leads into these games because it really feels like the starters need to play the entire game for us to win and win comfortably the one game where we really got a good offensive output from the bench we won by 32 points What does that tell you, Steve Clifford? We're not getting anything out of the bench right now. It's honestly pathetic. And a lot of people are arguing that, oh, you know, Michael Carter-Williams makes such a big difference defensively. Yes, he can. He has games where he's going to get, you know, three series in a row where he's going to force you know a turnover or uh, just lock down the other team's guards or, or whatever the case may be but when he is a complete and i mean a complete negative offensively if he doesn't have the ball in his hands he's doing a lot more harm to that bench unit than he is good the other team's bench unit is their bench unit they don't start for a reason in most cases they're not good enough to start so having Michael Carter-Williams in there, especially if he's in there with D.J. Augustine, he's not even on the ball. He's sitting off in the corner guarding a spot-up shooter. He's not doing that much for you. So do one of two things, Steve Clifford. Stop playing Michael Carter-Williams or stop playing D.J. Augustine. Pick who's going to be your backup point guard. At this point, I'm fine either way. Happy birthday, D.J. It's his 32nd birthday today. But if you're going to continue... To play those guys together, this bench unit is is just going to continue to suffer. I really believe that. Unless we're getting Terrence Ross, you know, 15 points a game like we were last year, but other teams have seen the film. It, they've said enough is enough. They're not going to continue to let Terrence Ross beat them, at least so far this year. When the guy gets good shots, well, he, nobody's really been knocking down good shots this year, but History shows us that when he gets good shots, he knocks them down. And he did tonight. Once again, I think it was 5 of 6 from the floor. And then uh, didn't see uh, another, another shot uh, at that point, You know, beyond that point going into the rest of the game. Yeah, 19 minutes, uh, 12 points, 5 of 6 from the floor, 2 of 3 from 3. But yeah, Clifford, Clifford's got to switch up the rotation he, and like find a, a concrete nine-man rotation and then go from there. Because if we're winning that way, it's it's fine, right? But we've been doing that for ten games now, and we're three and seven on the season. Three and seven ain't cutting it. We were, there was one point we were ten games under five hundred last year, sitting at twenty one and thirty one, and yeah, we had thirty one games at that point to to kind of get out of that slump, you know. Um, and we have obviously much more time right now. Uh, to turn the season around, and we can. I'm I'm not freaking out. The sky is not falling. I'm just frustrated about tonight's loss because it, it just obviously, definitely could have been avoided. You have a 13 point lead, or whatever the case may be. You've got a an NBA game. You've got to hold on to that as a professional basketball team, and and close the game out. It's just it's really as simple as that. No one can get into a groove with a a 25 man rotation. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's also hard for for the players to get into an offensive rhythm when their minutes are being limited. Like, I think a lot of the fans would agree with the fact that as a catalyst to our offense, we would rather see Markel penetrating and either getting Vuce an open look or making a play at the rim. I think the kid is is finishing something like sixty something percent of his shots at the rim right now. If he gets there, we he's, we got a pretty good chance that he's going to score. A lot of us would rather see that than, and I, I actually like the fact that the offense has run through Vucci. Makes good decisions, and if everybody is doing what they're supposed to and moving around the right way, we score the ball at a pretty decent clip. But once again, it's when we start over dribbling and, and not trusting the pass that the offense just comes to a screeching halt, because outside of Markel we don't have a guy that can take anybody one-on-one. And yeah, that's a problem, um, but right now it is what it is. You know, you, Evan Fournier is making $18 million a year this year, so it's it's hard to trade him. Couldn't trade him in the offseason. I'm sure we explored that, but it, it just didn't happen. But I do agree, it's tough for guys to get in a rhythm if they're not playing their full minutes, and uh, especially, you know, kind of outside of their roles. I, I'm so, I feel so passionately about the fact that Terrence Ross needs to come off of the bench, and in that bench unit, we've got to look at everybody else and be like, hey, this is the Terrence Ross show. Deal with it. Al Farouk Aminu doesn't need to be taking threes. Doesn't need to be taking long twos. He can either cut to the basket, or I don't even want him dribbling. So he can cut to the basket or take like wide open threes. But at the end of the shot clock with somebody in his face, he does not need to be taking those shots. Same thing with Michael Carter-Williams. 0-5 from three tonight. When I saw Michael Carter-Williams coming in off of the bench as the first guy, I legit wanted to scream. Man. All right, let's take a look into next week. So that's over. Going to sleep on that tonight. Hopefully tomorrow I'll be over it, but I, I don't know. I highly doubt it for some reason. So we're off for the next two days. So uh, what's up, man? It's Orlando Magic Nation. Awesome to be on live. disappointed live disappointing loss. Absolutely, man. What's going on, man. You do a great job uh, with all the social media accounts, man. I really appreciate what you do. Keep up the good work. Yeah, it's a disappointing loss for sure. So next Wednesday night. So we've got two days off now, right? So a couple more days for Tanner's Ross to heal up, you know, the knee soreness, whatever whatever is going on. Um, I don't remember him having any kind of contact to that knee. So that's a little bit concerning. Anytime I hear any kind of knee soreness, that just, I don't know, that really just freaks me out um, I hope he's okay, especially after the knee injury that he had you know, a few years ago. But, um, yeah, a couple of days rest for Ross, uh, a couple of days for these guys to chew on this loss as well. Um, we had some Charlotte fans uh, when we signed Steve Clifford that tried to warn us about the fact that uh, once he gets set in a way of uh, something that he wants to do something, it's very hard for him to change out of that. I saw the funniest thing on Twitter uh, tonight. Someone called Michael Carter Williams, you know, MCW, they called him Man Crush Williams. And that's what it feels like. It really feels like, I've been saying this for weeks, it feels like Clifford just likes Michael Carter Williams so much that he's going to get him into the game regardless. Now, as we go further into this season, man, we're through 10 games, and unless there's something that we don't know about going on with Markel and with Markel's shoulder, it doesn't make sense that we can't start to ramp up his minutes little bit by little bit. He's averaging 23 minutes a game. Let's get him to 26 games, 26 minutes, excuse me, for a few games. See how that goes. Shoulders feeling okay? Get him up to 28, 29 minutes, then up to 32 minutes. Keep him at 32 minutes. That that probably should be fine right now. See what he's doing. Get the rest of these guys up to 35 minutes, man. I am over this 28, 29 minutes per game, crap, and then letting the bench squander these leads. It's, it's, I'm fed up with it. It's ridiculous. It's gross. It's really gross. See the starters playing so well, bench unit comes in, and this team just looks like garbage. But man, that starting unit, there's no excuse for the way that we lost that game tonight. This is a rant episode. I, this is my first legit like rant episode, I feel like. All right, Wednesday night, so we've got two days off, whatever. Let this sour taste linger in your mouth. Come out, and let's kill Philadelphia. I'm not taking that lightly. 76ers are a really good team. Uh, Ben Simmons has been out uh, with a shoulder injury, so hopefully we catch the 76ers without Ben Simmons, but still have to worry about Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Al Horford, so not going to be an easy one. Uh, But that takes off at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. I haven't brought that up yet. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, this coming Wednesday night at 6.30 about, will be at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Oldsmar off of Tampa Road. It's 4058 Tampa Road is the address. Uh, Simmons is out. Thank you for confirming that for me in the Twitch chat. Uh, but 7 o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock uh, on Wednesday night, we are getting a group of Magic fans in the Tampa Bay area to get together, just have you know a beer, a couple beers, have some wings together. So if you guys are available, if you're in the area, if you want to make the drive out from Orlando, that's even better. This is going to be Markel's first regular season game Against the Philadelphia 76ers, so uh, chance to make some Philadelphia 76ers fans cry a little bit. I think at this point they've realized they messed up getting rid of Markel, especially for you know a a late first round pick and Jonathan Simmons or whatever the case may be. But if you're in the area, if you're available, come out with us. It's always a great time. Uh, We always have a lot of fun. It's usually a pretty great turnout. Um, And plan to do these in the future as well. If you're not going to be able to make it out to that as well. And then Friday night, we have the San Antonio Spurs coming to town at 7 o'clock as well. And then we've got another Sunday game next Sunday night at 6 o'clock as the Wizards come to town. So we definitely could go 1-2 and two this next week and be looking at a 4-12 team this early in the season, which does not feel great. But again, if this team plays to the level that they're capable of, plays consistently, plays the way that they should for 48 minutes, if the players that should be in the game get the minutes that they should as well. I'll repeat that for the 15th millionth time. Uh we we will have a chance to win these games if we do all of that. Uh it's and it hasn't been an easy schedule to start the season. I'll say that as well. I mean, outside of, you know, the Hawks, um looking at Memphis, looking at the Knicks, I mean, we have not had an easy road. You know, we played uh, the Raptors as well we have played the bucks we have played denver uh, Thunder who are better than a lot of people thought they were going to be Dallas who have been a lot better than people thought they were going to be an Indiana team missing a couple of starters, but still a very well coached team a uh, very talented team you know people overlooked you know T j McConnell and you know Doug McDermott obviously our entire bench unit did tonight um, just continue to rant about this team but um yeah, it's not like we've been playing a bunch of cupcake teams and and we're sitting at, you know, 3 and 7. We've played some tough teams. We're only 4 games under 500. We know in the East, as long as you're lingering around 500 come March, you're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. So, um I still I have complete faith that come maybe the first week of December, this team should be firing on all cylinders. It should happen way before that, but um yeah, that, that's just kind of what uh, what I'm lingering on to. So I don't think we mentioned this last week. We we're still kind of in some of the beginning stages of getting it set up. But a huge announcement that we have. So um, a lot of you know the biggest thing from our show. This is a show by fans for fans. Will and I are big fans of the team. And we try to cover this team from a fan perspective, right? So that's why at times we overreact. At times we rant we're passionate because that's what fans do, right? if you're like a legit media outlet um maybe you can't always do that uh, a lot of people you know sometimes do, but we pride ourselves on the fact that you know we're fans this is for fans, and our overall goal is to try to expand the Orlando magic fan community that's the number one goal of this podcast at the end of the day to entertain the fans uh, and to you know bring other people in. To, to be fans of this team because this is a, a great organization, a team that we feel like has a lot of potential, uh, and, a, and a team that we feel like deserves a good, strong fan base. So we do our best to do our part in making that a reality, right? So we are having our first ever meetup at an Orlando Magic game. So Will and I, you know, we were at, you know, or we obviously, uh, we all saw the the Heat game a few weeks ago, the preseason game. Uh, where Michael Carter-Williams, Tyler Hero got into it, and you heard the, Tyler Hero. You heard all those crappy chants from the Heat fans. If you've ever been to the Amway Center, uh, you've heard those crappy cheers, the let's go Heat chants, usually starting like the third quarter and and stuff like that, but whatever the case may be. So our goal with this meetup is to put an end to those terrible uh, let's go Heat chants, at least for one night, right? So February 1st of 2020, it's a Saturday night, At 7 o'clock, the Heat are coming to town to play the Magic at the Amway Center. So working with Rob Leota, he is a Magic ticket rep, uh, obviously with the Orlando Magic. Uh, We have set up uh, a meetup event for Orlando Magic fans, fans of the show, uh, Magic fans on on Twitter and on Reddit. So if you go to uh, www.thesixmanshow.com backslash beattheheat, scroll down and click register you can buy tickets to this meetup so we've reserved a few sections at the amway center uh, for the fans that we're trying to get through uh, get together for this team uh, for this game and we're trying to make as much noise as we possibly can at this game so don't buy tickets if you're not going to come and stand and cheer Basically throughout the majority of this of this game, uh, we want to drown out those Heat fans, but we want to try to liven up the rest of the Amway. We want to try to liven up that entire environment. So tickets are about seventy dollars, which is a little bit more than I really wanted uh, our fans to be able to you know have to spend to attend this game. But the fact is is that it's a Saturday night game. The Heat are coming to town, and it's always a big draw. So the fan, the tickets are a little bit more expensive, uh, but you've got basically four months, you know, between now and then, or three months, excuse me, between now and then, to try to save up that seventy dollars. So uh, that game is seven o'clock on February first. It's a Saturday. You have up until five o'clock that day to purchase your ticket. So once again, February first, seven o'clock. The Heat are playing the Magic at the Amway Center. Uh, and we would love for you guys to come out. This is the first event that we've really put together at the Amway Center. So uh, we also want to try to set up some kind of, um, you know, pregame meetup with the fans. Obviously, we'll all enjoy the game together. It should be a lot of fun. So uh, once again, that's thesixmanshow.com backslash beat the heat. Get your tickets now. We're going to continue to push that and continue to promote this, you know, up until that event as well. So once again, don't forget this Wednesday night, six thirty, seven o'clock come through the Buffalo Wild Wings on Tampa Road in Oldsmar, Florida uh, as we watch the Magic take on the Philadelphia 76ers. So, frustrating loss, frustrating start to the season guys, but I have faith that the guys are going to get everything on track um in and- Still pushing for a playoff spot. I'm hoping for you know six, five, four, one of those seeds somewhere in there. Four seed would be amazing. Have home court advantage in the first round. Uh, but the guys definitely have got to get this thing on the road and uh, start stacking some wins and start climbing up the standings. So as it is right now, I don't believe we're sitting in the playoffs. So, but that's all I've got for tonight, guys. Uh, thank you guys for uh, joining Twitch and, and, and throwing some questions my way. I really do appreciate that. Um, thank you guys for listening. As always, this has been The Six Man Show. Your boy Jonathan. And we will catch you guys next time. See ya! Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!